continuing our, our discussion on women in leadership. Specifically, we are going over 1 Timothy chapter 2, 11 and 12. And we're going to go over 1 Corinthians 14, verses 34 and 35. 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12. I'm going to read to you from the word what it says. And then we're going to talk about it. So 1 Timothy chapter 2, 11 and 12. It says here, let a woman learn in silence with all submission. And then Paul goes on to say, and I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. So when we read that and we take that right at face value, it certainly does sound like a woman should not be teaching, a woman should only be learning, a woman should be silent, a woman should certainly not have authority over a man, a woman should not be a pastor, only a man is allowed in the pulpit. So we can take that from this, when you look at it at face value, only a man should be allowed in the pulpit. We want to allow scripture to speak for itself, right? So it's important that we actually define some words and look at the original context, look at the Greek words, look at the Strong's concordance to understand what they're saying. First of all, I just want to say that Paul was speaking to a specific church and a specific culture at that time, and that Jesus did not put women in bondage. Jesus actually liberated women. Mm. We went over that last month, mm. when we went over every many of the women and how Jesus spoke about what he called them to do. Mm. And he actually empowered them to go and to speak, empowered them to be disciples, empowered them to sit and to learn. Mary, you chose the better way because you're learning. He actually empowered women, right? Mm. Uh, he liberated women. So Paul here is admonishing women to learn. Let a woman learn. He was calling on women to listen and to learn because he was encouraging them to do what was not custom at that day, in that day and in that time. It says here, let a woman learn in silence. We interpret that as women are not to speak. We interpret that as women are to be silenced, like quiet, like muted, right? But when you look up the word silence, and it's Strong's 2271, and it is important that you learn to look up words in the Strong's, so you get the definition and what it meant. The word silence there means quietness, it means, it means stillness, it means peaceable, so it's more talking about a condition, an attitude of the heart. It's more talking about silence, meaning not mute, but just being stillness, peaceable, not contentious. Mm -hmm. So that's silence verse, and it's Strong's 2271. So when we read that sentence, let a woman learn in silence, it gives you a different picture now. Oh, Paul wasn't saying let a woman learn and be muted, be, you know, I, we don't want you to be heard. Because how it's interpreted is women should not be heard, right? But that's not his, that's not what he was, what he was saying. Certainly not what Jesus was saying. I do not permit, well, let, let me finish. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. Yes, because we are to submit to one another. So that word, in Ephesians 5.21, we are all to submit to one another. People get, they, they get, um, they get stuck on that word submission. Oh, we got to submit, meaning almost as if you have no voice in the matter because you're to submit, but we're to submit to one 
and one to another. And it says so in Ephesians 5.21. So I'm going to read that scripture again. Let a woman learn in silence really should tell you the condition of the heart. In other words, that woman should be able to listen and learn and grab hold of the truth and actually add to her learning. If Paul did not want that woman to learn, he would never have said, let a woman learn. Because they didn't have, you know, a lot of them were not learned yet. And so they had not learned the scriptures yet. But this is actually Paul admonishing women to, 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 to step out and to learn. Then we go on to the next part of that scripture, and it says, verse 12, And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. That word silence, same root word, 2271. So we're talking about the same thing. It just means quietness, quietness in their spirit. Okay, not, not mute, not muted, but it's quietness in their spirit. So I do not permit a woman to teach. Well, of course he didn't permit a woman to teach in those days. They weren't ready to teach. They weren't learned yet. So remember, we are speaking to, he is speaking to a specific church and that culture in time. And it would have, and, and, and he needed to specifically address what was happening. Women should, at that point in time, should not be teaching. But he was encouraging them to learn. So I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. That means not to usurp. To have authority over a man, meaning uh, do not usurp authority, do not take illegally. Do not take illegally what is not rightfully yours. So what Paul is saying here is, do not assert yourself into a role of leadership when you haven't been authorized into that role. God is the one that authorizes people into roles, right? But what he's saying here, women, you're not ready. You're not ready. Do not usurp your authority because there was a lot of that going on. And until they could prove that they were taught and trained and, and understood the word, it would have been, it would have been um, a very scary, dangerous thing to, to allow them to, to teach. It's, there's really no difference than, than, than today, mm -hmm. right? Like if somebody is not going to be a good Berean and, study the, and not study the word um, and just feel like they can just get up there and speak and teach and say whatever they want to say, um, well, number one, they will be accountable to the Lord for what they do say. Teachers are accountable higher. They are held to a higher accountability. But would you really want somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about, whether they are a man or a woman, yeah. would you want them teaching you? Of course not. But does that does their gender disqualify them? It should, of course, absolutely not disqualify them. But if God has called them and they are being a good Berean studying the word of God, then then we can, we can know that uh, they're not usurping authority if authority's been given to them. If authority has been given to them, then it's not a usurping. It's not taking illegally. Does, does this make sense yes. so far? I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. He's not saying, hey, women can never have authority over a man. Because if that was the case, he would never have allowed Priscilla to teach um, Apollos. He would have never had Priscilla, and her name is mentioned first. He would have never had this woman to teach Apollos a, a better way. He was trained in the word, but but her and her husband Priscilla and Aquila taught him. And I'll, and that that's let me tell you where that's found. Apollo, is that uh, Aqu no, yes, uh, a Priscilla and Aquila, and um, Apollos is is the one they were teaching, and it's in Acts eighteen twenty six. 
Priscilla was obviously a female. She was a pastor. She was a teacher. And she taught Apollos the, the word of God more accurately with her husband, Aquila. Um, okay, so, so this scripture here, 1 Timothy, okay, that's, that's one. We take apart, we look at the key words, we look at the word silence, we look at how Paul was actually saying, let a woman learn, just do it in silence, just do it with submission, just do it with the right heart, just first learn, have a peaceable, quiet spirit, don't have a contentious spirit, don't, don't, don't have a usurping spirit. See, that's never okay. Right? That's an, uh -huh. having an attitude. That's having, that's having a, uh, you know, I think I'm better than anybody else attitude. Well, that doesn't please God. You're not going to get anywhere like that with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So we're going to move on to the next scripture. Then we'll come back and we'll talk about it, you know, as much, much as we need to. So let's go to, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Because I do want, I want all of us to be real confident in these two passages and not to shy away from them. So 1 Corinthians 14, and I'm going to start in verse 26, and I'm going to read that whole section through 40 because it needs to be taken into context because this passage here, Paul was talking about order in church meetings. But when you'll hear people talk about this passage, they go right to a woman should not speak in church because of this scripture. Verse 34, let your women keep silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive as the law also says. So they take that scripture, let your women keep silent in the churches for they're not permitted to speak. And they go, it says it right there. It's very clear. Well, no, it's actually not very clear because what it's talking about, can we all agree that if we're going to make that rule, if we're going to apply that rule, which seems like, gee, it says black and right, it's pretty clear. If we're going to apply that rule to women, then wouldn't it make sense that everyone else that is being spoken of in that passage, the same rules should apply if it mm -hmm. says for them to, to be quiet, to be silent, right? Right? Yes. Yes. So let's look. I'm going to read it now, the whole passage. How is it then, brethren? Whenever, you're, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent. That's the very first, let him keep silent. If you're writing down notes, that is Strong's 4601. He's saying, let him, let him who? Whoever's speaking in tongues. Let him be silent in church. Whoever's speaking in tongues, let him keep silent in church. This is what we're hearing, right? And let him speak to himself and to God. So who's being addressed so far? Anybody that's speaking in tongues, right? That is without an interpreter, of course. And then it says, let two or three prophets speak and let others judge. Okay, now who are we talking about? Prophets. Second set of people. First, those that are speaking in tongues. Next, prophets. It says, verse 29 and 30. Let two or three prophets speak and let others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits, let the first keep silent 
keep silent is the same root word 4601. It is the same root word. What does that root word mean? We've already seen it two times. It means to hold their peace. Does keep silent mean never speak again, ever again, at all time in any church service? No, but what he's saying in a order, in a church order, if there is no, if there is someone speaking in tongues and there is no interpreter, okay, uh, let him keep silent. If you know, for prof, for prophets, you know, people that are prophetically speaking out, let two or three people speak, okay, and others judge. Um, and and it says, and let the first keep silent. What is he saying? That they're never to speak. He's saying order. Don't all just talk all over and one, you know, don't just barge in and interrupt one another. He's talking about order. So we can probably um, assess from those two groups of people that Paul was not saying that they should always be quiet at all times. Um, then when it goes on, verse 31, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and may be encouraged and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, right? Verse 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak. Again, keep silent is the same root word, 4601, meaning to hold their peace. Um, let women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And that is actually almost the same language as what we just read in First Timothy. So the third group of people, Paul was speaking to the women, he was speaking to men in general, right? People in general, speaking of tongues. And then he was speaking to prophets to keep order in the church. He was speaking, and he was not forbidding wives, men and prophets of all times and in all times and forever to be silent in a church. But that scripture is taken out and instead of talking about order in a church, it becomes women should just never speak or have any position of authority in a church. But the Bible's not gonna contradict itself. And if we see that, that uh, Paul had women that worked, he had called people women to, to be a part of his apostolic ministry, uh, Jesus himself had called women, he, even just the Great Commission, he called women, because he didn't yes. say men only. He, he said that we should all go out and share the gospel, go forth and, sh and spread the good news, the gospel. Um, so the Bible's not going to contradict itself. It's going to have the same thread. But if you take one or two scriptures out, you can certainly make a doctrine out of it, but we shouldn't, we're not supposed to do that. That's taking scripture out of context and it's not understanding the heart of God. So, so do you think, let me finish because I want to read to 40 and then we'll come back. Um, verse 35. And if they want to learn something again, just like in first Timothy, if you know about learning, Paul was not against them learning. They were just unlearned at that time. They were unlearned. So he says, but if they want to learn something, speaking of women right now, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. And it was at that time because they didn't know and what they did know um, and what they and whom they worshipped, you know, because they were they were taught. Well, they were not considered any more than slaves or just property. They were treated as such. So with that kind of of, of a stigma, with that kind of a stigma, um, yeah, you wouldn't want them to be teaching you anything in church but he didn't disqualify or 
he didn't um, shy away from women learning. He said, if you want to learn, learn at home. At the time, they needed to learn at home. Um, and it says, ask your own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. Or did the word of God come originally from you? Or was it only you that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, now again he's addressing all of the groups, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid the speaking with tongues. Let all things be done in decency and in decently and in order. So again, he's wrapping it up with what I'm talking about is women are you know order in the church, not just not just women not speaking, because we know that the spiritual gifts God gave God gave us spiritual gifts. He also told us to praise. Speak, praise is speaking. Praise is singing. Testifying is speaking. Women testify. Women praise. Women, you know, women do a lot, you know. And he wasn't he wasn't excluding women or or disqualifying, but again, just making sure that they were at a place where they're going to be able to be educated enough to speak and know what they're speaking about. Amen. 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 So. Third question, and then we're going to open it up. Explain why it was a radically new concept in the first century for Paul to ask women to learn with the submissive attitude. Why was that a radically new concept in the first century? In first, the first century, for Paul to ask a woman, a woman to learn with submission, a submissive attitude. Because remember, so think about it for a second. Because I want you guys to remember or to to. Challenge yourself with what you remember based on the past. Because the more that we continue to go over some of these things, the more you'll add to your learning. So, because he lived in a time where Jewish, Jewish rabbis and Greek philosophers taught that women were not worthy, mm -hmm. right? They were not worthy of learning anything. Right. They, were, they were in a culture that women were not even allowed to testify in a court of law. Because the witness of a woman was considered unworthy. So with that kind of a mindset, that's what was prevalent in the time, right? For Paul to say, let a woman learn at home. And for him to even say, okay, I see that you want to learn, but just do it at home because you don't, at this point in time, you haven't had the opportunities to learn hasn't been opened for you because you're only a woman. But if you want to learn, what do you mean? What do you mean? If you want, because the the stigma towards women was you're not worthy of learning. But Jesus, that did never came from Jesus. But even Paul was looking at it with the eyes of Christ, because he said, "But if you want to learn, that's huge." When you get the revelation of, "But if you want to learn, you can see that he was recognizing that what was taught." formally was actually incorrect in women not being qualified to learn simply because of their gender. So Paul was not silencing women for all time and at all, all times, every culture from pre preaching the gospel, you know, because the very first woman preached the gospel after they saw the tomb, the empty tomb on Easter Sunday, which was Mary Magdalene. You know, she and Jesus said, and he, and he appeared to the women and he said, go and tell my disciples. 
But then that was, that was Mary Magdalene, his disciples. Go and tell those that say they believe. Go and tell the believers. But then we know that the women, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, he also, he also empowered her to be an evangelist to Samaria, to people that didn't yet believe, to go out to that area, go out to Samaria, go to your people. He did, for, for Mary Magdalene, he said, go out to the disciples, go and tell the disciples so that they'll believe the inner circle, the people that knew Jesus, that walked with Jesus. We would say the church, but the Samaritan woman, Go and tell your people. Go reach the unchurched. Go reach. But who is he talking? Women. He's telling these women to go and speak. And he didn't say and make sure they're only women that you are speaking to. So he was addressing these women to go. He actually empowered them to go and to speak to both genders. It doesn't matter women, men or women, right? We know that. We know that roles in the church are determined and assigned by God according to the gifting, according to the calling, and according to the grace of God. Amen. Some people want to have certain roles or um, gifts and stuff, but they may not have the grace to have it. Um, but if God's assigned you to it, then you'll be able to do it as you, as you lean and cling to him. So Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, he gave some to be. He didn't give men only to be. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's how the Lord shared that with me. You can, you can read it right from the word. It says he gave some to be. Um, that he didn't just give men only to be, but he gave some. It doesn't really matter to the Lord if, if it's a male or a woman. First, First Corinthians 12, 7 and 8, another place where it's talking about the gifts. Um, gifts are according to the gifts and the, the grace and the calling on your life, right? Roles in the church are determined. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and, and verse 28. You can read the whole passage. But again, this lists apostles, prophets, teachers. It lists miracles, miracle workers, healings, um, administration, people with gifts of administration. I know a lot of women that are gifted with administrative gifts. Variety of tongues. Was he just talking about men here? Of course not. But what not he listing offices in the church? I mean, it's all listed together. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and all through, and even in 20, uh, verse 28 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He's saying apostles and prophets. He's, he's giving you lists of roles in church, lists of leadership responsibilities. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, um, healings, helps. How many are in the helps ministry? Gosh, if we didn't have a helps ministry, and it's not just run by women, it's actually mainly run by women, but a lot of women are in the helps ministry. So that would disqualify right there, that whole point that he's listing only men roles, roles that are only allowed for men. That would right there. Helps and administration, so many of them are women. And if, it, and if there needed to be a differentiation there, he would have said so. There, there, it doesn't. That's what man puts on, not God. And anyway, we know that Galatians 3.28, there is in the kingdom, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, but we are all one in Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm going to just really quickly read through this, and then I'm going to let you guys look at your sheet and see what you can remember from what we just talked about. So... God used Priscilla, a female pastor. We already went through this. Teacher over Apollo. So she taught him the more accurate way. That's eight, Acts 18.26. Uh, Deborah was a prophetess. 
She was a judge. She was a supporting leader in battle over men. Judges chapter 4, verse 4. You can read the whole passage. Uh, Philip had four daughters. They prophesied. Acts 21, Philip had four daughters that prophesied. When you prophesy, you're speaking the word of God. You're speaking the word, whether it's to come or the word of God. The spirit of God is the spirit of prophecy, but you're speaking and you're teaching. When you speak, you are informing. When you speak, you are encouraging, you are edifying. When you're speaking, you're giving out some base of knowledge, right? And, and you're, you're speaking value, you're speaking life, you're, you're lifting up, you're encouraging, you may be correcting, but you're doing something. Your words are going somewhere and they are influencing those that are listening and it certainly can be men. But it's Philip that's the name? Yes. Philip had four daughters that prophesied, Acts 21, 9. Oh. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 31, you can all prophesy one by one. So he didn't disqualify or segregate, you know, men only, women be silent. Mary Magdalene, the first evangelist, we already talked about that. I want, to, I want to say something else about Mary Magdalene, the first evangelist. I did share this with you the last time, but I think it's worth saying again. This is in Mark 16. It's also in John 20. Um, the first evangelist to share the gospel to the disciples, right? Jesus instructed her to go tell the disciples, go tell the men, go tell the disciples, you know, and basically go preach. Tell them that I have risen. Mary Magdalene was dismissed by the very men that the Lord told her to go and speak to. They didn't believe her. She was like she was, she was dismissed, right? But the Lord told her to go testify to the disciples that he was alive. He told her, go testify. Right there, Jesus is actually saying, I know what the law says. And I know that the rabbis don't count your testimony as worth anything at all. But I'm telling you, go and testify. He is saying, I am the king of kings. I am the Lord of Lords, right? And, and he, he is saying, I am the judge of the superior court of heaven. So what he is saying here is, I do not, he says, I don't authorize devaluing of women like the tradition says. As a matter of fact, I'm telling you to go and, and testify. I'm telling you to testify to men. When the Lord gave me that revelation, he says, you know, he, he, he is saying, I have just discredited what the rabbis, the, the leading, um, the, the rulers of that time were teaching for women to be so devalued that even their testimony wasn't even held up in court. But when he said, no, 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 Mary, Mary Magdalene, you go and you share. You go and you testi testify. And you go to my disciples, which predominantly were men. So that was pretty powerful. Amen. Amen. The Samaritan woman, we talked about that, John 4, 39. She was told to go and evangelize uh, to the Samaritans. Anna, she was a prophetess, and she spoke to the Lord to all who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. That's Luke 2, verses 36 through 38. So Luke 2, 36 through 38, Anna was a prophetess, and she spoke to the Lord, about the Lord to all. Anna, the prophetess, did not speak to the Lord only to women. 
I keep on making this point because sometimes, because you know what, we do get this um, in our in our day, not as much, but we do, and we certainly have this with certain certain um, denominations um, that totally think what we're doing is unbiblical and completely out of order. And they'll use scriptures, they'll use the, that custom of the day back then to justify why it would be out of order. And it's not out of order at all. But we have to know what the word says and we have to be able to defend it. We don't have to prove somebody else wrong. We just need to know what we believe and be able to defend it by scripture and have the peace of God that we would never want to be doing something that's contrary to the will of God. But he has given us that peace, that wisdom, that understanding that we are absolutely not against God's will. We're right in line with his will. Um, the women were with the disciples in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, Acts 1.14. And they were all filled with power to go and tell the gospel, not just the men. So the women were filled at the, at the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And it says in there that there were women there. And what was the instruction? You're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now go and tell. Now go and tell. Go and share the gospel. Women were included in, in, that, um, in that instruction. Paul commends uh, Lois and Eunice for teaching the scripture to young Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.5. He's, he's saying he's encouraging them. He's, he's affirming them for teaching the scriptures to Timothy. And in, in Romans 16.1, Paul commended Phoebe, a minister, which means a deacon in the church. A female minister in the church. When you read Romans 16.1, he said, I commend. Paul commends Phoebe, a minister, a deacon in the church. Some of your versions will say a servant. But again, when you look up the word, you'll see that it means a minister, a deacon. This is why it's important that we actually learn how to use our Strong's Concordance. And 16, Romans 16, still in chapter 16 of Romans, but verse 7. Junia is listed among the apostles. She was a female. She was a lady. Listed among the apostles. And of course the Great Commission, which I've already mentioned, Matthew 28, 19, where Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations.